So that's uh, 1 John 2, verse 6 to 11. Now, I've got four points today. You can count them through. They're about equal in length. So if you're the type of person who's looking to get home, that's right. Just, just do this. Point one, this is talking about love. Okay, We're talking about a passage about love. Love comes from God. That's point one. Which is a pretty simple one. We've been looking at 1 John, and we've been seeing in 1 John what true Christianity is. And we've been hearing this. That to be a true Christian, you have to, point one, have to have right doctrine. There's an understanding about Jesus which is right and wrong. And actually, if you've got a wrong understanding about Jesus, then you aren't actually a Christian. But a true Christian knows that Jesus is the Son of God. A Christian knows that Jesus is the Messiah or the Saviour. And a Christian also knows that Jesus uh, came in the flesh, that he was a human being. But also, it's not just about doctrine. What we hear is, it's actually... Uh, about more than just right beliefs, actually a Christian is someone who loves. So, so understand that, firstly, you've got to have right doctrine and you've got to have love. Because we know that you can have someone who's all theologically correct with no love, and that's a problem. But you can also have someone who's all lovey but doesn't have Jesus. Okay? So it's about both. We are not simply about doctrine. We are followers of Jesus and we must walk as Jesus did. Verse 6 said, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. And that's just talking about the previous passage which we read last week, which is about love. Okay. If you're a Christian, you will love. Now, you can understand, what I'm not saying to you today is be a Christian. If you want to be a Christian, start loving people and then you'll be a Christian. It's this, if you're a Christian, you love. That's how it works. If you're a Christian, if you say you're a Christian and you don't love, you're not actually a Christian. Okay? And today we're looking a bit deeper into the command to love. But actually we're doing what John does often. We're looking at the negative side. So what John often says is, uh, you know, there's light and there's darkness. Well, today he said there's love and now I'm focusing on hate. So we're going to talk about hate today. Isn't that exciting? Yay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but don't worry, we'll, we'll do it with a bit of love, or we'll try to. <laughs> so, uh, dear friends, I'm not writing to you a new command, but an old. We are starting to talk about love is from God. Now, you know that when, when, when John, or when the Bible speaks of a new commandment, it's talking about the commandment to love, isn't it? What, um, in John 13, 34, it's a new command. Jesus said, I give to you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. And this is how all, body, every, all men will know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. You, you, you know that passage. Have you ever thought, what's so new about that, Jesus? Because the Old Testament said to love, didn't it? Wasn't the sum up to the law? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. Love your neighbour as yourself. That's, that's the Old Testament. What's new about this, Jesus? Well, actually, it says, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So there is something new in there, and it's what Jesus is. You see, he's saying, to truly love and to understand love, you've got to understand me and how I've loved you. He gave them a definition of love. And and John does the same. In, In the same book, he says, this is love, not that we love God, 
but that he loved us and gave his son as a propitiation or as a atoning sacrifice or one who would die in our place on the cross. In other words, if you want to understand what love is, and I've said this over and over again, you don't listen to Taylor Swift because her definition of love is not actually God's love. Okay? You actually listen... You've got to see that love is the love that gets down and dirty, which sees Jesus actually die to take our place. That's love. Because you see, we see all sorts of problems in, just say, uh, in marriages where someone says, I love you, I have nice feelings towards you, and give nothing to them, give nothing for them. Because love is actually an action, isn't it? And it's an action that gives up all of oneself, or else it's not love. Make sense to you? So when Jesus said, a new command I give to you, he said, I'm not talking about just, I, I want you to understand this love. is not. I'm not just talking about some old or flowery feeling or something like that. I'm talking about a love that gives all of self for another person. And it's a new commandment. And if we ever want to understand true love, we've got to see love as Jesus defines it and as he lived it. Okay? So Jesus gives the definition of love at the cross. He, and, and you see, what he did there was he loved his enemies. That's us. He loved the unlovable. He saved the unsavable. That's what love looks like. And so Jesus says, now you love your enemies the same way. Love as I have loved you. And what John is saying in this passage is, this love is already happening. This is happening. You're living in it, people. You, you, you Christians, you're already doing it. He uses, uh, he uses the word already. You're already loving each other. The light is already there. But what we find hard is to love difficult people. It's, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're in the church... What you want to love is a whole lot of people who think and act exactly like you do. But that's not the church, is it? Is that the church you've been part of? No. What, what we actually got to do is to love and stand by and give ourselves up for and serve a group of people who are not like us. In fact, they're quite annoying. And we persevere with difficult people because... That is the love that comes from God. We persevere with people who are different than us. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to first and foremost love. Because we have lots of views about the Holy Spirit's going to give us a, you know, a huge caffeine kick and all that sort of stuff. But the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love and a whole lot of other stuff. But get love right and the rest comes. Do you understand? So point one is this, love comes from God and it's his love that we see. And if you don't understand that, we, we miss all of the, the joy and the depths of what God's love is like that comes through through Jesus. Point two is this, shorter point, you'll be happy with this everybody. Hating interrupts our fellowship with the Father. Hating, that's not loving robs us of our Christian joy. It robs us of our Christian life. It destroys our light that shines in the darkness. In that passage it says, whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks around in darkness. When we hate, 
we lose the ability to have fellowship with the Father. We, we, it's a big blockage. Maybe it, it's an overstatement, but I think you can, only, you can only really love God at any moment as much as you hate the person you hate the most. Think of that person you're most annoyed with. Right? That's how good your relationship can be with God until you break that down. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Because, you see, if, what, if, we, if, our, if our life is about fellowship with God and we have these blockages, what can we do as Christians? Well, the best thing to do is not to love those difficult people, it's to become religious. Get our doctrine better, argue about doctrine and make sure you know that your doctrine is better than everybody else's. I'm being sarcastic here. Okay? Sing louder. Worship harder. Throw yourself up at God. Pray more publicly. Try and convince the whole world that you're a really good person. You're very, very spiritual. I have very wise insights. I have insights that are deeper than nearly anybody else's insights into the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? Put up a smoke screen instead of dealing with the fact that we are called to love one another. And that means loving people who are difficult. Because that smoke screen is like a heap of smoke to hide something. We're trying to push to push a relationship with God which is not there. Or which is interrupted by what? Hey, unlovingness. So verse 9 said, oh, what, if you're not understanding this, what I'm saying, this is serious. Okay, verse 9 says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Now, if you don't go ouch to that, you're not hearing what it's saying. Yeah? So, point one, love comes from God. Point two, hating interrupts our fellowship with the Father. Point three, hate causes people to constantly stumble. Verse 10 said, whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing to make him stumble. Okay, do you understand what stumbling is? If the lights went out in here and you started walking around, right, before too long you're going to, especially great if you've got bare feet. Do you ever, ever walk to the toilet in the night and you kick that thing that you can't see? And there's no more pain than that, is there? Well, maybe. Maybe there's more pain than that. But it hurts. It, because you see, people who don't live in the light are blinded. Well, actually, right at the end of the passage, it says, not only are they living in darkness, but they're blind as well. The blind person walking in the dark. Not much hope there. But, you see, Christians who walk in the light have no excuse but to love. We've been changed. We're born again. So we must love and not hate. But, you see, people who walk in the darkness, they hate. There's division, there's frustration, there's arguments, there's gossip, there's negative talk, and it rises up like yeast in like yeast in the dough. And it's what the devil wants, and it's what the devil desperately wants to come into the church. Muttering. You know what muttering is? Do you remember Muttley from the wacky races? You know, yeah, not you know, except when Dick Dastardly, that was the bad guy, you know, he and his dog, Muttley. That's a long time ago. Okay. The devil wants this muttering in your heart. 
What's there to be when you lay in your bed muttering? I'm thinking, PJ, <laughs> PJ. You know what I mean? Because I'm above PJ. I'm self-righteous. To, to mutter you've got to be above. It's full of this, this unlovingness, which really, it's not, I wouldn't say I hate PJ, I know, because I'm a religious person, you see. Yes, I do. Because, you see, when I stand over him and I criticise him, and, and my, in the reality of my heart is hatred. Unloving, okay? Do you know unloving is hatred? Can you see that? There's a separation. There's this suspicion that we have in our, that, 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 that grows in hearts, this critical spirit. And what does it all do? It causes stumbling. Yep, we're always kicking our toes. And so what do we got to do? Either we start loving people or we build that religious smoke screen I'm talking about. The unloving person always is stumbling. They're always seeing trouble. They're always putting stumbling blocks to trip other people over. The unloving person takes things the wrong way. The unloving person gets easily upset. They're easily put out and they will not forgive. Rather than loving enemies, they are trying to create more and more enemies. And they're trying to draw people into that. Okay? This might sound negative, but he's talking about hate and we need to understand it. Because, you see... um, it's not good enough if I'm just... Sorry, PJ, but you're, you're there. If I've got a problem with PJ, right, and I'm in an unloving way, I'm really not happy about the fact that Rob loves PJ. So I have to let Rob know all of PJ's problems and I have to keep pushing it until Rob really has a problem with PJ. Right? Because I'm not happy with my stumbling block. I want Rob to stumble on that too. I want to draw people into that. I want everybody to have sore toes. And all of this, hate constantly causes people to stumble. Hate separates us or interrupts our fellowship with the Father. But love comes from God. Now, point four is this. Christians walk in the light. They love. They do. Because, you see, Christians are from another realm. They have been put under a new kingdom, the kingdom of love. They have been changed. Now, uh, just this, this is not in the talk, but if you want to know what the, you know, we talk about love, look at 1 Corinthians 13 and just see what the characteristics of love are there. Love is patient, love is kind does not envy, does not boast, doesn't keep a record of wrongs, never fails, all that sort of stuff. So love is extremely powerful in action, isn't it? It, it, it? it is great. But you see, that's not talking about... I mean, I know we read that at weddings for, for non-Christians and stuff, but that's actually talking about the fellowship of the church. That's talking about what Christians are like, and that is a supernatural love which comes from God that Christians live by and no one else does because we have been moved to another realm. We have been, as, as Paul says, we've been rescued from the dominion of darkness or the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of the devil and brought into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In other words, 
We used to be under the realm of hate, even though it tries to make itself look like love. And Jesus has moved us, when we trusted in him, to the kingdom of light. And that is the kingdom of love and of forgiveness. Jesus forgave all our sins. We heard a great message about that. Thank you, Les, for that this morning. He forgave all our sins. Do we know that? And that, that's easy. Accept that. And then it says, walk as Jesus walked. That's the first verse there. What does that mean? It means that the church forgives as Jesus forgave. It means that when the church, the people of God are faced with annoying people, difficult people, people who hurt them, they forgive. The church forgives. It does not become a stumbling block. In fact, we love people who are difficult. We, if we even go as far as to love like he loved. We give ourselves, we give our time, we give everything we have to difficult people. That makes the church nothing like the rest of the world. Because the, church, the rest of the world says, here is a person who annoys me, I am separating myself from them, I am gossiping about them, and I'm getting away from them. And the church says, here is someone who annoys me, I will give everything I have for that person. That's what the church is. That's Christians who walk in the light, who walk in love. The old desires to hate have been put aside. And what do we do when we get them? Well, he said that a bit earlier in the letter. We confess them up. And he's faithful and just and he forgives us for all sins. So Christians love and Christians are not drawn into hate. And the Holy Spirit is always driving us towards the character of Jesus. But understand this. As Christians, we will only continue to walk in, in joy as we walk in forgiving love. That's walking in the light of Christ. To walk in the love and the forgiveness of Christ. And that's why it's vital that Christians are always reminding ourselves and one another of the forgiving love of Christ. Because that's the only way that we have the power to actually walk and to love and to not live with that muttering spirit. You know that Jesus had every right to hate us, didn't he? He had, a, he had good reason and he gave himself up for us. And the church has, you could say, we've got every right to hate those people. No. Having been forgiven by Christ and loved by him, we walk as he walked. And so, when in the middle of the night we are faced with those people in our mind and we're muttering about them, confess it up to God. It's our sin. Forgive them. Love them. And walk in the light of Christ. This is what I want to remind you. Yes, we hear this as a command, but understand this also. Paul, uh, John said, this is already what we are doing as a church. This is the life of the church already. It can be clearly seen. We walk in forgiveness and love, not hatred and stumbling. And so he said, I'm writing to you a new command. That's to love. 
Its truth is seen in him, in Jesus, and in you, the church. It's already seen. Because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining through Jesus and through us. This light is shining. So, confess it up. Confess the hatred. Forgive others. Love. Don't hold things against them. And don't become that, don't let that muttering mind take over our lives because the devil is always trying to push it and other people are always trying to put stumbling blocks in our way. I'm going to pray. Father, I want to give you thanks for the way that you've loved us through Jesus. I want to give you thanks that, that he loved us when we were unlovable. That he saved us when he had every reason to judge us. And Father, I pray that you would teach us to be a people who walk more and more like Jesus, who love like Jesus. And Father, that you would expose in us our hatred, our gossip, our critical spirits. Expose it that we might confess it to you and be set free from it and walk in the light of love the way you've loved us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.